Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. We're actually broadcasting live down at ATDC. Lee, we're kind of hitting our stride, man. We've had some great conversations, caught up with some old friends, made some new ones. This is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, VP of Operations and Customer Success with Oncolens, Mr. Ed Black. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me here today. Well, Ed, before we get too far into things, tell us about Oncolens. How are you serving folks? Oncolens is a startup company that's in the oncology space, and it's an exciting uh, place to be right now as we're helping out uh, physicians serve oncology patients or cancer patients. So now, in what way do you serve them? We provide a uh, software platform service that provides uh, representation of a patient's case for a multidisciplinary discussion about the patient known as a tumor board or a cancer conference. And in the world of cancer care, uh, providers have learned that having a group discussion with their peers uh, helps to create better patient outcomes. And then uh, when they're not using your service, how are they doing that? Uh, Many are doing uh, just using paper folders and paper cases or PowerPoint slides. And so what our application does is it brings together uh, patient clinical data along with treatment pathways and known uh, successful ways to treat cancer to bring it all together to facilitate this discussion. Now, by making it digital and online, does that mean that they can kind of tap into experts that are outside of the local area where this is taking place? They can. It's, uh, it facilitates the internal discussion, which they have is regular, regularly held meetings, but it also brings in uh, national accreditation organization treatment pathways that says that we know that this is a pathway to use for this type of cancer that a patient has. And they can also use our platform to reach out to peers in the community to ask for their input as well. Now, what stage of a company is this? We are in a uh, high growth stage right now. It's been around for about a year and a half. Uh, we are just now closing our first round of funding and starting to go into some explosive growth. Just finished uh, some hiring recently and getting ready to take off. So now you have some funding? We do. And then uh, what, did it start as self-funded? Uh, there's a combination of self-funded as well as some angel investors early on. And we just now recently did a pre-Series A funding. Now, you're not a founder or part of the founding team, but uh, you're one of the first employees. Um, What was that like for you to kind of join a group that already had this vision and uh, now Mm -hmm. you're trying to make your kind of world fit into their vision? Well, that's a a great question, and it's it's loaded with a lot of information there, that one. Nobody loves their baby as much as the parent of a baby. Right. And to come in, and if you're the aunt, the babysitter, uh, you can love that baby a lot and care for it a lot, but it's just not the same as the parent love. And founders put their their heart and soul and blood, sweat, and tears into a, a company when they bring it up. And our founders, uh, Anju Matthew and Lee Joe Simpson, have done just that for the last uh, couple of years. And I know it's been hard to uh, hand some of that off to, to people coming into work and asking us to uh, treat it in a similar way that they are. Uh, but that's what's really kind of being asked of early employees. 
So now when, uh, when the founder, like this is the founder's dream. They've been thinking of that before the, you know, the documents were signed to make it a company. They were thinking about obviously solutions around this area. How do you as an early employee kind of see yourself? Are you kind of the voice of an outsider's perspective? Are you kind of jumping in on this is now my dream too? Like, like what's kind of your mindset as an early employee? I think it's a blend of both of those is to be successful uh, as an early employee in a startup, you have to have that similar mentality. Um, I'm in this to win also. And I I want to see us be successful. I think it's uh, an application for a great cause as well as it's a great business concept. And I would like to see success of that happen. And so that requires some dedication and commitment. Now, what was kind of, made you want to take the leap into this role because you know everybody anybody in this kind of world knows the risk mm-hmm. involved like the the probability of success is small in in every right, case right. but you as an outsider coming in um what persuaded you to say you know what i can i see the potential of this was it the the heart of it being oh i'm going to help so many people mm-hmm. Was it of, oh, this is my chance to be part of a startup and maybe there's going to be a big exit down the road? Like, what were the the drivers for you? My previous company, I came in as uh, probably post-early stage startup. I was employee number 80 at that particular company, but I got a flavor of what startup life was like mm-hmm. and, and what they had gone through and starting to see some of their early successes. And I was with them for about six, seven years. And so I wanted to do that again. That was a fun run. And that's what I hear a lot of people say is once they've gotten a taste of it, they want to go back and, and do it a second time. But being part of a startup is not for those who are weak of stomach. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it definitely comes with uh, some risk. And uh, there's definitely days where early on you're wondering, you know, am I going to still have a job next week, uh, next month, next year? And uh, that's that can be tough at times. So now um – your background wasn't in business. You were you came from the military. Absolutely. So yeah. Now, do you find that people in the military gravitate to kind of um, startups? Are you seeing more and more people kind of move from the military into the startup world, or is this something that's kind of unique to you that uh, you're going this path? I've not run into that many that are in the startup world. I know a couple of my peers uh, from the Air Force that are doing this, but not a whole lot. Being in the Air Force, you're part of a big institution, and some people are very comfortable, and that's hard to ever leave that. It's a major mind shift to leave that institutional thought. Uh, But for me, it's been very rewarding at the same time. So now when you were um, exiting the military and then joining civilian life, uh, were you – was this – how did startups even get on your radar? Were you pursuing this like before you left the military? Were you kind of intrigued by the startup community? Well, actually, I was uh, headed down a path to be an airline pilot. I uh, was an Air, Air Force pilot for 23 years. About the halfway point, I left the Air Force to join American Airlines. was in training with them in August of 2001, which was immediately followed the next month by September 11th. And by the 1st of October, I was furloughed from American Airlines, which basically is a nice way of saying you're fired, but we're going to keep you on a list and call you back later. <laughs> and I felt a uh, need to serve my country as well as I – just enjoyed being part of the military and the bigger team. And there was definitely a, a call to arms at that time. And I returned to the active duty air force for another 13 years after that. But then when it was time to leave. I knew that I could probably hang around the air force for a couple more years, but I also wanted to do a second chapter of going out into the world. And I looked at returning to the airlines, but thought, no, let's do something different challenge myself in the business world. And a good friend of mine just through networking 
uh, offered me an opportunity to come up and meet some people in Atlanta, uh, some boards that he served on in the, in the area, and I ended up landing a job at Ingenious Med. Now, as a kid, did you always want to be a pilot? Was that I what did. drew you? Yeah. So being a pilot um, and then the path to that was through the military? That was your thinking? It was. It was my, my dad was a naval aviator for a very short period of time, and so he kind of instilled in me the interest of, of flying and being in the military, and then it just grew from there. And then was it everything you imagined? And more. <laughs> no, actually, so uh, we were laughing yesterday. The trailer for uh, Top Gun 2 just was released yesterday. Right. And in 1986, if you were in high school and and, and Top Gun 1 came out, <laughs> uh, you were very inspired to go off and fly. Uh-huh. And that was the catalyst for you to at least inquire more about that? <laughs> uh, by then, I think I was already headed down that path, but that might have pushed it over, certainly. And then uh, when you were in the kind of the military uh, in terms of training and, and the way things are done a certain way and mm-hmm. there's a right way and, and our way of doing things and the way that you're part of a team, a startup has some similarities in that way as well, It right? does. It does, actually. And it's the uh, I think the team concept is an important part to touch on there. And I definitely learned a lot about commitment and loyalty which are important traits to bring over to the startup world and, and being part of a team. And, and that team is a 24 uh, seven. We're in it to, to win kind of mentality and you've got to stay dedicated and you got to really support each other in the startup world when you're wearing a lot of different hats and you got a lot going on. Uh, it takes a little bit of uh, working together and you're not limited to just one lane and you got to help out each other. And I think the military very much instilled some of that mindset into me. Now, what about from a, as, as, um, kind of the VP of operations, are you trying to implement some of the training and, um, kind of culture building into the organization? Is that part of your role? Indeed. Indeed. Well, anyone who's an early employee is part of building culture because. Well, well, culture is going to be built whether you're building it or not. (laughs) That's right. You know, you build it intentionally or not, it's going to happen. So now what are some of the ways that you're doing that? I think we uh, definitely are making a point to to take some time out to to get to know each other through this process because we realize that that's going to be an integral piece of us working together, and so we've we try to to bring some fun into it. There's definitely some times where emotions probably get get high and uh, the the sweat starts to build as the as the pressure goes up on certain things we're working on, and that's not unique to to us by any means. I think all startups kind of go through that, but when you go through tough uh, more pressure times like that is also when you bond more as a team as a result. And so we're working on how we can uh, build the culture through just some of those personal relationships and making sure that we take some time out to have fun as well. So now how are you kind of um, seeing the difference between you're going from a large bureaucracy, the military, uh-huh. to a smaller scale startup which is a decent size. So you said we were number, what, 80 or 8? I was about number 80 at my previous job. Previous to being two. number 2. Mm-hmm. So like, what are the differences and the kind of the pros and the cons of each of those? Oh, well, those are uh, some big shifts to make. I, I could not have come straight to this role coming out of the military. That would have been, that too, been much. too much. Yes. Uh, but being number 80 was a, a good transition for me. Uh, I remember, um, so in the military, when the general walks into the room, everybody stands up. One of my first days at my previous company, we were sitting around a boardroom table and the CEO walked in and out of habit, I stood up. And it was really kind of funny. How long did you get teased for that? <laughs> I don't think anybody noticed, but I felt really awkward all of a sudden and, and uh, act like I was stretching and sat back down. Uh, but the transition, because um, uh, I think the startup mentality, even that still existed at a company where I was employee number 80, 
uh, had some of that teamwork mentality and just a great team of people. And so the transition actually ended up being a little easier uh, than I expected it to be. And I talk to people that are looking at leaving the military and they ask me what it's like on the outside. And what I tell them is, you know what, your skills to be successful are the same no matter where you go. Can you play well with others? Can you lead people? Can you defend a position? Can you write? Can you communicate? Can you speak? Those are all things that you need to be successful no matter where you go. Not just the military, but those are things, that's where I learned those things. Uh, but you bring those and some discipline along with it, um, you can transfer those about anywhere. Now, are you seeing in your career as it's progressing now um, where you'll be the founder? See that in your roadmap? No, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, where I'd like to go right now is the VP of operations and my future where I definitely like to be. I'm very operations focused. That came from uh, being an operational person in the Air Force, I think, and liking the chaos of the moving parts and how do you manage that chaos and how do you manage uh, different aspects that are constantly changing. And that's very much an operational piece. Uh, so my goals are to definitely be the COO of a company and, and grow into that position. And that's kind of the trajectory I'm on now. As far as being a founder, uh, I don't know yet. And then for you in your role now, um, what are the biggest priorities you have? My top priorities are everything customer facing. So I cover the spectrum of a little bit of pre-sales activity, some sales have a responsibility for a marketing piece some uh, some contract management aspects as we start to bring a client on, then onboarding a client, and then keeping them happy and maintaining the both strategic account management roles as well as just some of the day-to-day customer support type aspects. So my job and my top priority is making sure that our customers stay happy so that they stay with us to reduce churn as well as referrals are very important. So now was this job, did this exist and this was someone else's job that they handed off to you or did you create this from scratch? Well, have you heard from other founders you've talked to here, you know, your, your founders are wearing about 28 different hats initially. And our founder, uh, Anja Matthew, was very happy to take that hat off or those, those five or six hats off and hand them over to me. So there was not anybody particularly in that role now. Now, what's it like to be kind of the non-technologist in the technology kind of focus? That's a world? great question, indeed. Uh, I, I I think I learned about that in my previous role, and I have an engineering background, uh, and so I can speak just enough technically in order to uh, hang for a little while, and that allows me to help uh, troubleshoot and and problem solve. Uh, my degree was in human factors engineering, so it's about how people interface with machines. And so that really speaks to the user experience. So I like participating and being part of some of those aspects on the design side. So I, I've learned enough to, to be able to stay involved in the technology side, but there's definitely some aspects that are outside of my purview, just like on the development side, some of the customer interfacing, customer servicing, uh, sales aspects are uh, different to them. Now, how has ATDC helped you personally and helped your firm? Uh, ATC has been integral in helping our firm to launch. Uh, they gave Anju a, a foothold here to set up shop to start building uh, the application and it provided some invaluable resources, I know, for her as she built the company, uh, which then allowed them to grow to the point where they needed to bring me on board. And I've been here for about four months now 
And it's it's been a great opportunity to meet other people going through the same type of thing that we are and uh, start to build some of those relationships. Now, did your previous company, uh, were they part of ATDC? They were not, no. So this is your first taste of the it ATDC is. ecosystem? It is, absolutely. Now, any advice for other people that are just kind of getting to know ATDC of things that they should do or shouldn't do that you've experienced firsthand? Well, uh, definitely come check it out. There's uh, endless opportunities to learn about what they offer. And I'm very impressed by uh, the programs they seem to have are endless to to support uh, those that want to be part of this and then those that are. Uh, At times, it seems to be uh, a little bit founder-focused and Though if you search around uh, for guys like me, there's opportunities to find support inside of that as well, though. What about somebody who is kind of operations-minded? Is there a different way that a person like that has to approach opportunities than somebody that's more founder-minded? No, because we're all looking for the same thing in the end, which is how to make sure your company is successful, and it's a series of problem-solving uh, day-to-day. And today's problem is different than yesterday's and different than what tomorrow's is going to be. And so a lot of times it's divide up those problems and, and conquer. Is there anything you learned from the military that transfers to startup? Oh, absolutely. And that has to do, I think, first with just loyalty and dedication. And then the, the some of the teamwork stuff that we talked about there is really important as well. And then it's, uh, like I said earlier also, it's it's this is not for the weak of the stomach either. And when you say that, what do you mean? Well, there's absolutely, there's risk involved. And you know that the company's growing and you see what the some of the financial aspects of it are and what's happening with that. And you realize, hey, we've got to make this work in order for us to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that can be a little bit, a little bit nerve wracking. Now, when you're in a role like you are, uh, what are the things that you're high-fiving each other at the end of the week? Uh, you know, we we don't wait to the end of the week to high-five mm-hmm. each other. Um, just because you got to celebrate the small victories, and that's something we've definitely learned along the way. You know, a, a good session, just having a good phone call with the client where you leave them happy. I just walked away before I came in here uh, providing some training virtually for a new client that's starting to use our system. And at the end of it, uh, we looked at each other and, and basically high-fived because we knew that they understood it and they were happy. I think some of the, the, the greatest moments like that come when you hear uh, your customers uh, say, hey, this is great. This really solved a problem for me, and uh, this makes sense, and I'm really excited about using this. And when you hear those words, that just really gets you excited. And we've been hearing that lately, so we know the success is coming and it's starting to happen, and, and that's a lot of fun. Now, what about when it comes to training? Uh, the military does a great job of training. Is there anything you can transfer uh, from how you learned to uh, how you're transferring the knowledge, like from the founder to you and then mm-hmm. you to next hires? Uh, absolutely. I I think I inherited the mentality, just like you said there, about the, the training in that I place a lot of value in training. And I'm definitely, as, as time comes and we grow as a company, I will be, and I did this a lot in my previous role, my last company was invest in training and you, you can't train enough. And things like providing some of your, your company benefits that allow people to go outside and, and grow themselves and then bring in training into your organization. Uh, that's something I've definitely carried over. And is that on your roadmap of what you're going to try to do? Uh, absolutely. And then for you as a company, what do you need more of right now? Time. (laughs) 
it's, uh, you know, every, every company that's here on this floor uh, and above us here that's part of ATDC, uh, we're all wearing lots of hats. We're all juggling different things. We're all trying to prioritize what's the most important piece that I could do today and what's the worst thing that I could, if I had to drop something, that that's going to be. And so it gets to be about balancing time. And, uh, you know, as we to bring this back around full circle to the difference between a founder is and a, not being a founder is I know our founders very much take this home at night with them. And I do too, but I also know that for me to continually to recharge and come back and be successful, I need to give time to my family and to others and, and to myself. So I have to put this down and walk away from it once in a while, which can be really hard to do. And so uh, that gets to about you know, managing what you've got and about the time piece. Now, you mentioned family, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm sure that's important to you. How do you sell this opportunity to uh, your spouse in terms of uh, you're thinking about it more, and it's probably kind of uh, inching its way into the relationship <laughs> in terms of your mind share? Uh, that's a great question. You know, we, we even sat down and talked about this as this opportunity came along for me and said, you know, this is a startup and, and this is what this is going to mean. It's going to mean some long hours. It's going to mean some dedication. It's going to mean having to work on uh, stuff in the evening and, and getting late night phone calls or problems will pop up. And obviously the travel piece though on top of that as well. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got a very supportive wife and a very supportive family who said, Hey, we see that this is a huge opportunity for you and that you thrive in this type of environment. And go for it, go do it. And in fact, my uh, wife, when I first got this job, handed me a box to bring to work, and it was filled with uh, not only a bunch of snacks, but a toothbrush and uh, <laughs> and a couple of uh, toiletry things in case I had ended up spending the night, which hasn't happened yet. And uh, we, we had the mentality that you do need to stop and go home and and, and recharge. But uh, that just reflective of the kind of the fantastic support I got from home, which you need to have to do this. So now in the path that you're on at Onco Lens, is there um, an ideal customer? Like, have you identified um, where the next customer is going to come from? Our customers come from across the entire healthcare system and the spaces that serve cancer patients. So from either large hospital networks or smaller rural cancer centers, uh, in both cases, our application uh, supports and is important to them. And so our next customer is a cancer center looking to take a step to use technology to improve their systems and find some efficiencies. And what's the pain they're having where you're the right fit? Uh, their pain is uh, is threefold. One, it might be a technology piece. We have some prospects and customers that come to us saying, hey, we are a system of a network of a handful of smaller systems, and we feel a need to support maybe a smaller hospital, maybe a rural hospital where it's one or two doctors that are doing providing cancer care out there. And we want to provide an easy way to network and have discussions to both for him to learn from what we're doing back here at maybe the main office, as well as support him in treating his patients. So there's that aspect of just providing better care. And at the end of the day, by using our application, we create and provide pathways ultimately for uh, better cancer care. And if somebody wanted to learn more, is there a website? Absolutely. At oncolens.com is where you can find out much more about us. And then you said that um, do you speak or you go to conferences where these people are at so you can explain what you guys are up to? Uh, we do. We're always available to provide a, a demo of our application as well as any opportunity we have to, to talk about Oncolens. We love taking advantage of. And there's a couple of uh, different industry conferences related to uh, the care of cancer patients or those that are, are somewhere in that 
that uh, environment uh, definitely happen, and we try to attend those when we can. Good stuff. And then uh, one more time before we wrap, the website? www.oncolens.com. And that's O-N-C-O-L-E-N-S.com? Correct. Good stuff, Ed. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. All right. Thank you so much, Lee. Appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on ATDC Radio.